finding the greatest purpose brings the greatest life. Thank you for listening to the Cross Point Fellowship Podcast. This series is called Cross Point Fit. You can upload your videos to YouTube this week as you, um, as you try out your Cross Point Fit exercises. So make sure you, you upload those to, those to YouTube. Hey, what's up? You doing good? You doing good? All right. Last week, last week we, you, you know, you just, you're supposed to notice the elephant in the room. So, um, last week, last week, last week, we, we, we left, uh, <laughs> last week we left off with, with Jesus telling us to shake it off, uh, to, 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 to shake it off. That's where we left it. And, and, you know, I wanted to see, I wanted to see this week if cross pointers, if cross pointers could actually shake it off. And so some of us were at a, a MSU hockey game this week, and I got the ability to actually video and see if cross pointers can really shake it off. Go with that video. <laughs> All right, we can't shake it off all that well. So uh, we, we do need this sermon. We need work shaking it off. Uh, Elijah can a little bit. Miller can when he knows the camera is on. You know, we can just call him red light. And, um, and uh, Isaiah can bop a little bit. But, uh, you know, Paul looked like he wanted to, but I think he knew what was going on. And so uh, he was smarter than that. I, I wanted to see if I could actually get him shaking it off, but it just didn't, just didn't work. But uh, last week we did leave off and, uh, with, with Jesus telling us, you know, shake it off when there's difficulty. For those of you that are just joining us in this series, it is called Crosspoint Fit. And we're taking a look at uh, you know, every mission in life, whether it is getting fit, whether it's you know, t- uh, running a 5K or running a marathon, Uh, whether it is a military mission, whether it's a mission at work, a special project at work, no matter what mission it is, we need training. We're not ready for that mission when we embark out on that mission. And the mission of advancing God's kingdom is no different. And we get the chance to eavesdrop in on a conversation Jesus had with his disciples 2,000 years later when he was training his disciples on how to advance the kingdom. And so we started off a few weeks ago with the the vision, with with the gut wrenching feeling of why we go on a mission uh, to begin with. And Jesus, it was, it was the compassion. It was the bowel movement Jesus had in his gut for the people who couldn't, who weren't being led uh, uh, to God and to the kingdom. They were being led to rules. They were being led to, to, to have, their, have their religious and their spiritual aspects drained of them and have heavy burdens tied to them, but they weren't finding life. They were not being led to God and to the kingdom and to life because whenever you find the kingdom, you find life life. And then, and then Jesus did something about it. He had a strategy. He, he empowered these men. He empowered these men to go out and make a kingdom advancing decisions. 12 guys. And we took a look at these guys. They were not, they didn't know what was going on as far as to advance the kingdom and religious religion and all of that. They, 
They messed up. They had imperfect faith. But Jesus empowered them anyway to make kingdom advancing decisions. And then last week, we took a look at the tactics. Seven different tactics Jesus gave on how to advance the kingdom. One in particular we, that, that, that I've been really focusing on is this week. I've been enamored by, by the thought process uh, of this that the message is God is close, not you are bad. See, if we've been trained in church, if we've grown up in church, and it's not necessarily intentional, but we've been trained, our evangelism style and our evangelism training is, you are bad, so pray to accept Jesus into your heart. Is every word of that true? Yes, that Jesus into your heart thing is, is a little nebulous, that maybe freak a little, few people out, but really, Jesus' message wasn't that. Jesus' message is that God is close. And see, the deal is, if we tell people God is close, their likely response is, well, he can't be close to me. And then we get to share. This is what we talked about this in our small group. This is what we get to share then. We get to share. Hey, look, 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 look. He proved that he wants to be close to you. He came. He died. He resurrected so that, we, so that he could be close to you. He did everything. He did all the work to be close to you. So that's the message. But he, he left it off. He left it off. When we stopped last week, he left it off with, hey, when difficulty arises, shake it off. When difficulty arises, shake it off. Which, which for the disciples, the 12 disciples, you're like, wait a minute, shake it off? What do you mean shake it off? That's not what I signed up for. Difficulty is not what I signed up for. You just said, follow me. You didn't say, follow me into difficulty. You didn't say follow me into persecution. You didn't say follow me into, into, into people giving us a hard time. You didn't say that. What do you mean shake it off? How do we shake it off? Why on earth would we ever want to shake it off? Why on earth, if we had difficulty arise, would we ever want to shake it off? And Jesus immediately answers that. He doesn't bring, up, bring this up and, 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 and potentially pose questions and not answer them. In this section of the training, Jesus goes into how and why we would shake it off. Now, our, our, our focus area, our focus verses are Matthew 10, 16 through I think 33. I'm not going to read all of those. In fact, I'm going to, Jesus starts with the how and goes to the why, but I'm going to start with the why and go to the how. Because in our culture, we actually like the why better. If we understand why, then the how is easy. In their culture, they liked it vice versa. It's not saying, I'm not saying that Jesus got it wrong. It was for his culture. For our culture, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn that around. I'm going gonna, gonna to kind of shuffle some of the verses around. I encourage you to read the entire section of Scripture in its entirety. And, and when it comes to the how, I'm just going to talk about those verses and not necessarily read them for time's sake. Amen, Jared? Uh, okay, yeah. Figured you like that. So Matthew chapter 10. Verse 22, why would we shake it off? Why would we shake it off? Everyone who endures to the end will be saved. God's got our back. God's got our back. Everyone who endures to the end will be saved. Those of you that have been in, in, in military or figuratively in the trenches, in, in, in a difficulty or in, in a mission, and, in, and bullets are flying either literally or figuratively, man, you want some other people in the trenches with you, right? That makes the mission not necessarily easier, but it, but it, but it is easier to keep going, right? When we've got somebody in the trenches with you, and man, man, those other people in the trenches, man, it makes it, it makes it a whole lot better. It makes it a whole lot easier if you've got some if you got some crazy there along with you, right? 
If you got some crazy, if you got some people that just a, a fry or two short, like Dennis Rodman. The reason why everybody liked to have Dennis Rodman on their team is that there was a little bit of crazy there. A little bit of crazy there. Or a lot bit of crazy, but it's a separate. But also, 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 what do you want? What do you want in the trenches? You want better weapons than the other team, right? You want better weapons than, than your enemy. And here with God, we've got, we've got God. People thought Jesus was crazy. That whole God's come close thing, crazy. But also with God, also with God, what we've got, what we've got is this. We've got better weapons than anybody else. We've got better weapons than the enemy. It's like, it's like, it's like being in the trenches, being in the trenches, and God's got your back, and he's in there with you, and he's got a bazooka, and nobody else has invented gunpowder yet. You're like, huh, dog, we're going to win. You still got to fight. You still got a battle on your hands, but you're like, ha, ha, if I endure to the end, I'm going to be saved because he's in the trenches with me. He's in the trenches with me. Jesus continues on this thought, but do not be afraid of those who threaten you. For the time is coming when everything is co- that is covered will be revealed and all that is secret will be made known to all. What I tell you now in the darkness, shout abroad when daylight comes. What I, I whisper in your ear, shout from the housetops for all to hear. And this is one of Jesus' sections where he teaches and, and he, he kind of wraps himself up so much that you end up going, where did you just go with all that, Jesus? Like, what'd you just say? Here, here, God's got you back. God's got you back when it comes to the truth. Because when we find difficulty, one of the things that we find is people actually telling false truths about us. Nobody's ever been there, have they? And what do we want to do? We want to rise up. We want to tell them exactly what the truth is. We want to defend ourselves. We want to tell Facebook everything about the truth, about me and them, right? Guys, like, hold on. Wait just a second. I've got your back when it comes to truth. I've got your back when it comes to truth. In the end, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, maybe it will come in the end, but you know what? You know what? I got your back when it comes to truth. I got your back about the truth about you and the truth about those that are, that are, that are, that are tearing down your reputation. I've got the truth. And, and on top of that, I've got the truth message. All you need to be focused on, everything else, I've got your back. What you need to be focused on is the truth message, the message about truth, which is God is close. I am close. That's the message that you take. I will whisper that to you, and you take that, and you shout that from the mountaintops. Everything else, whatever everybody else wants to talk about you, look, I've got that. I've got your back. You just take the truth, my message, and I've got everything else. And in the end, in the end, all we want to know is that in the end, that we'll come clean. We'll be found innocent. And God's like, all I, I've got you. I've got you there. I've got you there. And God's got, God's got your back in difficulty. Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body and hell. Or said differently and quite... Uh, quite succinctly, God's got your soul. See, even if this mission ends in death, which God wants all of our mission of advancing the kingdom to end in death for us, not necessarily martyrdom, but we take the advancing the kingdom mission to our death. That we do that up until the day we die. He's like, you know what? 
even if they kill you, they can only kill your body. God's got your soul. See, those who endured to the end will be saved because God's got your soul. God's got, God's got your soul protected. See, that's what matters, right? This body is just a body. Our soul is what keeps going. And God's got that. And God's got that protected. That's what he saves. And look, when you, it's not said right here, but as you look over the, 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 the thread of Scripture, all throughout Scripture and in the New Testament... See, it's not that we endure, like, we focus on, like, man, from today till whenever I die, I just endure. No, no, no. Today. Can you endure today? Can you have the faith to endure today? Today. And then when you wake up tomorrow, the faith to endure today when tomorrow is today. And the next day, the faith to endure today. He doesn't ask you. He doesn't ask you to, to endure to the end from when you think about it to the end, but from right now to the end of, the te- end of today. Can you endure today with whatever difficulty you're going through? Can you endure today and have faith today? See, if you take a look at people who have gone through like prisoner of war camps or the Holocaust camps or, or even like guys that, that were... Um, like climbing a mountain alone, like talk about a little bit crazy, but anyway, and, and they fell and they got in a crevice and stuff and they're waiting for, for salvation or got caught in an avalanche. Oops, this is good, being destroyed in front of our eyes. Got caught in an avalanche or something and they were rescued and they were saved and they got, came through it. One of, the, one of the, 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 the factors of every one of them wasn't that they were optimistic. I'm going to be rescued. I'm going to be rescued. I'm going to be rescued today. Or that they were really pessimistic. I don't know what's going to happen and I'm probably not going to be rescued. It wasn't either of those. It was that they just said, I can endure today. And Jesus, who made us and put our brains in us and put our emotions in us, this is the same message that he gave all throughout his work. Endure for today. I don't expect you to endure for the rest of your life. I just ask you to endure today, one today for the rest of my life. That's it. Can you get through today? That's it. Because God's got your back. God's got your soul. God's got it protected. Yeah, sure. You may die. Well, in fact, you are going to die. Newsflash, right? We're all going to die. Mortality rate, 100%. So who's got your soul? Who's got your soul? We can endure this, this, this mission because God's got our back. What else? Why else? Everyone who acknowledged me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Quick, quick, quick possible story. Maybe this happened to you. You were dating or even maybe it was a little bit before that you're coming around that somebody special and more and more and more you spent more time with them and maybe you're sitting next to them right now that was your story before before marriage and 
and or or before you know coming together and whatever you want to call it in your phase and nobody can ever see you separated but there's always that awkward phase right you never really defined it what's going on here you're just around each other a lot I'm seeing a lot of snickering I think I think I'm striking a chord here you're just around each other a lot but nobody knows what's what's going on the Facebook status hasn't been updated And invariably, what happens? Somebody that doesn't know any better walks up and goes, you guys dating? You guys boyfriend, girlfriend? You guys, you guys again, whatever you, call it, whatever you want to call it. You, you guys, it, what, what happens? What happens? What happens? The girl just takes a step back and gives a little wry smile on her face like, I've been wondering this myself. <laughs> I wonder this myself, and 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 you're just like, oh, crap, right, right. And she's like, not me before man. You gonna be your maker. So Jesus is like, if you deny me before men, my father would deny you in heaven, and all this. And we use this, we use this, we use this inside of a church to say, if you, if 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 you are faced with this opportunity to acknowledge God, but you botch one sentence, and you're on TV, and you're all nervous, and you botch one sentence, then we'll all blog about you and say on Facebook and how you don't acknowledge God and that you're denying God and blah, 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 blah. Or to say, you, if you don't tell every stranger you know about Jesus, then you're denying God. By the way, Peter, after this story, denied Jesus. But what did Jesus do? Forgave him and restored him. So either that's not the interpretation we need to take with this passage, or Jesus was wrong. I would rather say we're not interpreting that correctly. So I was thinking about this and studying about this and, 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 and looking through this, and I hit a commentary that said, look, essentially they said, look, the mission transforms us. So when the mission transforms us, even though potentially imperfect here and follow faith says that we're not going to get every syllable of our theology right, when we're transformed by the mission, we'll acknowledge Jesus. We'll acknowledge Jesus. When we're transformed by the mission, this is what Paul told Timothy. We read this this week. Those of you following along in the, in the reading plan, we read this this week. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, 2 Timothy 1.8, or of me, his prisoner. Instead, share in the suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God. He has saved us and called us with the holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. Paul's telling Timothy, look, 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 look. You've been saved and called by God. You've been transformed. Look, he has a purpose uh, for you. He's given you his grace. You've been transformed by God. So don't be ashamed of, his, uh, 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 of, of him. Don't be ashamed of me in prison because I'm in prison because of Jesus. Do not be ashamed of any of this. He's not saying you've got to get it 100% perfect, 100% right all the time because we will never do that. But have you been transformed by his message? Have you been transformed by the mission? Because if you've been transformed by his mission, 
That is the why of continuing the mission when things get difficult. I've been transformed by it. Yes, I'm going to have imperfect faith. Yes, I'm not going to say it all right all the time. And thankfully, I'm not on TV so that people can blog about me. But I've been transformed by the mission. But if you haven't been transformed by the mission, guess what you're not going to do? You're not going to acknowledge that you've been transformed by the mission. Ever. At all. Period. Because it's not there. Have you been transformed by the mission? See, I think, I think most people's fear with, with, with advancing the, 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 the kingdom of God isn't necessarily with the idea of advancing the kingdom or even the idea of evangelism. I think most people's uh, 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 nervousness about sharing the gospel, if you will, is, is actually how we've approached it, that you are bad approach. We're scared to death of that message. We're scared to death about approaching somebody with that message. Hey, guess what? The good news is Jesus didn't use that approach. Jesus used the approach, God is close. It's a much easier message to get across, isn't it? God is close. That's the only thing you need to acknowledge. Hey, 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 God is close to you. God is close to you. You know why? He's close to me. Despite everything that I've done... He is close to me. Why else? Why else would we go through difficulty and shake it off? Matthew 10, 29. What is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin? One copper coin? One copper coin. The lowest denomination of coin that they knew would buy two sparrows. The value of sparrow in that day was nothing was nothing. But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. Your, your father in heaven values these sparrows, even though we don't. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered, which for some of us is more difficult than others, right? I always say my, my hair's more for show than for dough because when you get a perspective from up here, you're like, yeah, you don't have very much. Like Every time, every time in the spring... The first hot game in the spring that I go out and referee, you know, just, just completely just bake, you know, fry an egg on my head. And... So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. Why continue with the message? Why continue with the mission? Because we are valuable to God. Now, there's a certain strand of Christianity that hyperventilates anytime anybody says that, that we are valuable to God. They just go, oh, 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 I can't believe you would ever say that. Oh. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. You're better off that way. Stay off Facebook. They hyperventilate. They think that when we say you are valuable to God, that we are, that they're like, you can't add anything to God. Look, value, finding value in something and it adding to your existence are two completely different things. Let me illustrate this. Now, I'm nervous about this illustration. I have never been nervous about being fired before. I'm nervous about this illustration right here and right now. I'm nervous. Okay, so, but I, I feel God's leading to give this, all right? 
Fellas. Fellas. How many of you have gaming systems? How many? How many? Xbox One, PlayStation 14 and a half, Atari, NES. How many of you have a game? Okay. Now this is, this is, a, guys, your existence is not need, needing that gaming system. Hold on. Wait a second. Okay. Wait. Let me finish this out before you go nuts. Let me finish this out. Your, your existence, you do not need that gaming system for your existence. Hold on. Hold on. Let, hear me out. But that doesn't mean it's not valuable to you, right? Amen. <laughs> At least we got somebody that's honest. At least we got somebody that's honest. Like, 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 something like, no. And your wife's like, whatever. See, if you don't want to be honest about that, we just ask your wife. Wives, by the way, coming up in our marriage series in a couple of weeks, we'll deal with this, okay? So, Amen. so. <laughs> Anybody, uh. Marriage counselor? <laughs> Despite the fact that our gaming system, we find that valuable. That doesn't add to our existence. Just because God finds us valuable doesn't subtract or add to his existence. The only thing wrong with saying that God doesn't find us valuable is the Bible. In every spot that says God finds us valuable, including this one that we just read from the mouth of Jesus himself. Why can we go through difficulty? Because God finds us valuable. See, if somebody finds us valuable, we'll go through hell and back for them. Right? Isn't that what Jesus did for us? That was impromptu. Didn't plan on that, but that's pretty good, isn't it? Facebook that one. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? God finds us valuable. See, he's our daddy king. He's not just our commanding officer. He's our father, who is our commanding officer. See, when you go on a mission, whether military, whether police force, whether, 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 whatever mission you go on, if that commanding officer, if you feel like the commanding officer values you, you're more likely to do whatever. But what if that commanding officer was your perfect, loving father that has your back? And it says, I always have your soul covered, saved. When we go through difficulty for the mission, because we know that he is our loving father, who's perfect. Despite the fact that we're going through difficulty, despite the fact that, that it may and it will cost us our life, that we know that like Paul said later on, towards the, end of his, towards the end of his life, he says, you know what? <laughs> to live is Christ. If I live on, Christ is with me. 
But to die is gain. I'll be in his very presence. But for your sake, for your sake, I want to keep living. I want to keep living. I'll go through the difficulty some more. He writes this from prison. I'll go through the difficulty some, for, some more for your sake. Not mine. Because my sake would be die. What's up, Jesus? How's it going? Right? But for your sake, I'll keep going. I'll keep going. Why go through the mission? Why go through the difficulty? Why shake it off? Because he's got our back. He's got our soul. He's got everything. He's got everything. The message has transformed us, but he's our daddy king that values us and treasures us. But how? How do we walk day to day? Jesus gave us some, some examples. He gave us some examples. First of all, one example was, one example was people, people are going to demand an answer from you. But your father's going to give you the words you need. See, this isn't, this isn't, some people use that for saying, I don't need to prepare. You know, some pastors actually use that for, I don't need to prepare for my sermons. Usually that leads to bad sermons. It's not about preparing or not. In fact, he's given us three tools to prepare, Bible, prayer, and community. See, but when we prepare, when we prepare, when we use the tools to prepare, what, what God does is that, that sharpens the Rolodex so that when we need something, boom, he pulls it out. For instance, scripture memory. I put scripture memory on the reading plan. Look, I smoke what I sell. I try, I try to memorize the, the, the bulk of scripture on the memory plan. I try as hard as I can to smoke what I sell. But you know what? I stink at scripture memory. Awful. If you come up to me and go, what was the last, last, last scripture memory deal? I don't know. No idea. Why? Rote memory for me is awful. Probably, probably, I don't say this is bragging because, because I've just told you, it's awful. I've probably attempted to memorize more scripture than you've ever attempted, or I've forgotten more scripture that I've, 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 I've memorized than you've attempted. Why? I've tried to, to memorize complete chapters and sections of the Bible. What are they? Don't know. And I've given up. I've given up at times. Doesn't matter. I can't memorize it anyway. I've given up. But you know what I found? You know what I found? When I am going through the practice, even though I cannot memorize that rotely and spit it back out and regurgitate it back out, this is going to come as a surprise. I, I was way better at essays than, than rote memorization. I can PS my way through just about anything. That's kind of why I'm here. But anyway. <laughs> but see, the deal is, is that when I go through the practice, when I go through the practice, the Rolodex of, of, of scriptures that come back to me when I need them in preparation, in life, it's sharper. It's sharper. Not because I've memorized it, but because God's got the ability to go, hey, you never knew you memorized this, but... Here you go. This is what you need right here and right now. When people demand an answer from you, 
God will give it. When people demand your life, even, even people that are close to you, when people demand your life, God's got said a couple of things about that, about the how. One, we've already talked about it. He's got your soul covered. He's got your soul saved. But the second, he goes, hey, look, look, look. And in fact, we turn this statement of Jesus the, the, the theological about the end times. I don't think he was saying anything about the end times. Here's what he said. The Son of Man, uh, I tell you the truth, the Son of Man will return before you have reached all the towns of Israel. He said, you know what? When people demand your life, move to the next town. Because you know why? There's always a next town that needs to hear. I don't think Jesus is theological about the end times here. We're like, is this post-trib, pre-trib, all-trib, who cares trib? Like, I think Jesus is going, there's another town. Go there. Paul's strategy on when he needed to go to another town to plant a church was, when I start a riot in town A, it's time to move to to town B and start another church. Like, it's three years, you've come close a couple times. That's my goal! Just start a riot and leave! (laughs) Just seeing, you're still awake. These Paul and Jack still are. All right. That was Paul's strategy. Read Acts. He would start a riot and move on. I think it's God's calling me to another town. There are ministers that kind of do that. But anyway, it's a separate sermon for another day. When people demand your life, move on. There's another town. There's another town. There's more people that, would, that need to hear the message. How? How? Also, Jesus said, hey, look, people are going to call you names. Look, people called me names. People called me the prince of demons. They're going to call you names. And when they do, find it as a compliment because they are associating you with me. See, because I believe it's implicit here, but explicit in some other places. Jesus is really telling them and getting at the fact that When you hear and follow Jesus, when you hear and follow Jesus, he gives us his identity. He gives us his name. That's what it means to have the name of Christ on us. is isn't about being Christian. It is about having the identity, having the brand of God on us. And no matter what we've done or no matter what we do, when we hear and follow him, although imperfectly, he places his name on us. And we're completely identified with him. And so he's like, when they call you names, find it as a compliment because they are identifying you with me. And that's what I intended from the beginning. And this is how I can say earlier that God is our daddy king. Because he adopted us fully as sons and daughters of the king. That's what he did. And he gave us fully his name and identity. There's no hyphenization when we come into his family. It's full. We have his name and identity. How does this look for us? Look, we live in suburbia, Bible Belt, America. Our number one idol is playing it safe. Comfort, right? We live in comfortableness all around us. 
We even bought you padded chairs so you can be comfortable. We live in play it safe. That's our number one idol. So when difficulty and danger come our way, we're like, eh, I don't know about this. Maybe it's not God's will because it's dangerous. And the disciples would be like, excuse me? Excuse me? Out of the 11 that finished, 10 of them died as martyrs. The other one, John, just, that sucker just wouldn't die. Like boiled alive in oil and all kinds of stuff. You want to play it safe? That's not, that's not the way of the kingdom. See, the number one why, and we kind of inferred it earlier, is that there's this message. God is close that people need. It's transformed us, and people need. And it will be dangerous to get that message to them. But will we keep going? See, ironically, ironically, as we bolstered our mission, if you will, here, of, of going into, into, into two more bays, just right before that, it's a lot of difficult, difficulties that we hadn't experienced in, in the two and a half years of, 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 of me being here at least. Difficulties that, that, that God brought our way from sickness, things you know, we can't control, to death, to, to things people can control, but we found ourselves in the middle of anyway. And now, I mean, we knew it was coming, and I should have uh, spoken better, and, 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 and we're pinched financially. It's just a difficulty. It's just a difficulty. And, and it's just a matter of God going, look, are you going to keep following me? Are you going to keep hearing and following me? Or are you going to stop because it's not comfortable? Because our idol is being comfortable. So we can just say, ah, it's too tough. We can give up. Or, or we can say, we're going to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps. That's not it either. We can't clint eastward our way into the kingdom and into advancing the kingdom. But rather, we have a faith in God to hear and follow Him despite the risk, despite the difficulty, so that we can advance His kingdom among those who look at Jesus and go, I don't know about all that. About those far from God. Because He's got a message. God has come close to you. God has come close to you. And that's what every one of us who are hearing, follow, hearing and following God, that's the message, that's the mission that we have. And it, it, it's difficult. And I have a tendency to shrink away at times as well. It's difficult at times. But will we stand and say, it's going to be imperfect, but we're going to hear and follow so that we can see the name of God be advanced among those who right now don't know, and quite frankly, don't care. Are we going to do that? Thankfully, even though through all the difficulty, through all the difficulty, we got leaders that has never once said, maybe we should just give up. Maybe we should just, just you know, play it safe. 
That's why we're still having connection events. That's why we still have uh, serving dates planned out in the community in the spring. Because God promised, I've got your back. You hear and follow me. If you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, some of you can sing it. All these things will be provided for you. We just don't allow ye's here, so it's okay. Right? Seek ye first. Dave's, Dave knows, like, yeah, you've been in that church. Are we going to keep going? Are we going to have the faith to keep going through whatever difficulty is in our way? Because guaranteed, if we keep going, we'll look back and look at the difficulties we have now as mere speed bumps. It'll get worse. It'll get worse. Someday we'll be the heretic church by those who think that they've got it all together. Are we going to keep going when things get difficult? Are we going to play it safe? Jesus says, shake it off. Why? Because you've got a God that cares way too much for you and cares way too much for the world. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you for your message. I thank you for that it's God has come close, that you have come close to us to pay for everything. I just pray, Lord, that in the middle of every difficulty, yes, it's difficult. That's why we call it difficulty. Yes, it, it, it causes us to stop and pause and wander and, 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 and live with urgency or, or what's going on and, and all of this. All the questions are real and true. But in the end, you've got us. And I, I just, I, that hasn't soaked into my heart the way it needs to. I pray, Lord, that you just continue to soak it into all of our hearts that you are our daddy king and you find us to be valuable. And Lord, I just pray that you will continue to move in the heart and the lives of people here so that we can advance your kingdom through every difficulty that will come our way. Love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. To find your God-given kingdom purpose at Crosspoint Fellowship, go to cpf.me forward slash top 10.